0: Welcome once again to EWTN's bookmark. I'm Doug Keck, your host. Our guest author is Father Jack Peterson. His book, Jesus Himself Drew Near, a spirituality for shaping the lives of young people, available through our EWTN religious catalog, EWTNRC.com, all things Catholic. Welcome Father Jack, who's joining us, I think, from Virginia. Is that correct, Father?
1: Yes, Doug, thank you so very much. I'm honored to be with you today.
0: Right. It took us a little, uh, several machinations. We were supposed to see each other out of Napa. That didn't work out, so uh, it's great we were able to work this out. Now, uh, you yourself have focused on the spirituality for shaping the lives of young people. Why is that so important to you?
1: I had a a tremendous uh, experience in high school. Uh, a youth group that uh, I think changed my life as a, as a high schooler.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I grew up Catholic and grew up in a home where we practiced the faith, but uh, this youth group really introduced me in a, a totally new way mm-hmm. into a very, you know, beautiful and, and profound relationship with Christ that changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so as time went on, I just thought, I want to give back to young people what was uh, given to me.
0: Well, let me ask you, besides eating pizza, what was it that got you excited about Jesus in your life? What was different about your experience than maybe the experiences of many other youth groups around the country over the years?
1: Hi, you know, the retreats were particularly powerful Mm -hmm. and they were an important part of uh, that experience. And uh, you know, I think that what got nurtured on those retreats would then be um, more fully nurtured over time in a, a youth group that met on a weekly basis. And there we, we dove into the scriptures. We often went to mass before the meeting. Sometimes, usually once a month, mm-hmm. our, our meeting itself was a mass. And those masses really helped me mm-hmm. fall in love with the Eucharist, fall in love with the scriptures, fall in love with with the church over time, and uh, the sacrament of penance. I actually had a spiritual director in high school and went to confession, you know, once a month. And So it was a a deep dive at a young age. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that I say it today that I think um, is just so true and accurate is that some of the things, most of the things that I love the most in the world today I learned to love, believe it or not, in high school.
0: Really. Now you say, is there anything more important in this world than helping young people encounter Jesus Christ and discover the joy of being a missionary disciple? I can see you're excited about it. What, what is a missionary disciple? We hear that kind of bandied about all the time. Define it in your terms.
1: Um, I would say that it would be a young person whose love for Christ, and uh, and love for the church is so strong that the way in which they live their lives, quite frankly, among their peers, in their classroom, in their clubs, on their sports teams, would be something that would be attractive to other right. young people and they would say, mm, there's a little mm-hmm. something different about you or what is it that makes you tick and that they would be interested, and that then a young person might, after time, be able to go mm-hmm. to a friend and say, hey, listen, why don't you come to my youth group, or why don't you come to church with me, mm-hmm. or why don't you come to this small faith group or this Bible study that I'm involved with? Right. And so over time, they would invite their peers to consider joining them, but that they would be, the way would be paved in a certain sense by the way in which they're actually living out their lives in, in an authentic Catholic Christian way.
0: Now, I thought this was an important part of youth ministry. Do you still play basketball?
1: Uh, less now. I, I, I don't know if you, if you can tell, but <laughs> my, my knees are <laughs> not quite doing that uh, so efficiently as they used to. I see. And uh, I'm playing a little less basketball than I used to, unfortunately.
0: Okay. You said, when Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, he gave a mandate to the church. What was that mandate?
1: I, that one of the central elements of the church's mission needs to be to have a special place in our heart for young people, and for bringing the good news to young people because um, th- they're critical to the to the church. They're, they're they were critical to Jesus's right. own ministry. You right. know, one of the whole chapters in my book uh, lays out uh, I what I think is almost a shocking. Um, you know portrayal of how often Jesus both addressed kids and spoke about right. uh, young people in the Gospels.
0: Right, I know. Yeah, I did see that. You you also talk about the idea. You mentioned Pope Francis is rather fond of the notion of accompaniment. We're called by Christ to accompany young people on their journey through the tumultuous years of adolescence in order to bring them. Uh, you know the love of Christ. It seems like you know. Sometimes we live in a world today where we think a company means walk along with people while they continue to do what they're already doing, rather than saying that that's somehow a guiding function, right? Correct.
1: Yeah. No. I I think that when we when we journey with young people, when we spend time with them, when we kind of do what we can to get into their world, some honestly, I think that's that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. I think that Jesus went and spent time with the fishermen. I think he spent time with the tax collectors at their homes. Mm-hmm. Jesus spent time in their lives, and then called them up to a higher life. There's mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that. And so um, there's there's a balance in there between getting to know them, you know, learning what it is that young people love, yeah. learning to love what they love to the BEST OF OUR ABILITY AND WITHIN CERTAIN CONFINES. AND THEN SLOWLY BRINGING THEM TO LOVE WHAT WE LOVE AND TO LOVE WHO WE LOVE IN CHRIST.
0: WELL, ONE OF THE THINGS I THOUGHT WAS VERY HONEST ABOUT YOUR BOOK WAS YOU you MENTIONED ABOUT THE IDEA OF WORKING WITH YOUNG PEOPLE, AND THEN, UNFORTUNATELY, THERE'S THAT EXTRA LAYER OF DIFFICULTY WE HAVE TODAY BECAUSE OF THE PAST ABUSE ISSUES, RIGHT? YES,
1: YES. YEAH, YOU KNOW, I MEAN, THE the CHURCH HAS HAD TO, uh, YOU KNOW, PUT a a fair amount of new guidelines on our, our service to young people today. And I would say in some ways it, it makes it a little bit harder to do some of this relational ministry, some of this accompanying of young right. people because it's got to be always in groups and it, it has to be you know, in public and all of those things. And so it, it's adding challenges definitely right. to an already challenging ministry within the church. but. Um, I, WE HAVE TO RESPECT IT AND mm-hmm. WE HAVE TO ABIDE BY IT AND WE HAVE TO TRUST THAT GOD'S GOING TO WORK AMONG US AND THROUGH US EVEN IN THE midst OF THOSE, YOU KNOW, CHALLENGING GUIDELINES. That NOW
0: YOU SAY about. THIS BOOK IS WRITTEN FOR THOSE CALLED TO REACH OUT AND ACTIVELY TOUCH THE LIVES OF YOUNG PEOPLE WITH JESUS' SACRIFICIAL LOVE AND accompany THEM ON THEIR JOURNEY OF FAITH. DO YOU THINK THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE HAVE THIS SPECIFIC CALLING, IS THAT YOUR EXPERIENCE?
1: Uh, I WOULD SAY YES, okay. FOR SURE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I MEAN, I THINK SOME PEOPLE NATURALLY HAVE SKILLS THAT LEAD TO THIS KIND OF MINISTRY AND BEING EFFECTIVE WITH IT, mm-hmm. BUT I DO BELIEVE THAT IT IS A SKILL THAT ONE CAN DEVELOP OVER TIME WITH GOOD MODELING, GOOD FORMATION, GOOD TRAINING, mm-hmm. uh, AND MOST FUNDAMENTALLY uh, GOOD PRAYER.
0: YOU SAID if you w- IF WE WISH TO HELP YOUNG PEOPLE FALL IN LOVE WITH JESUS, We have to fall in love with them first. Young people can spot a fake very quickly. If we are not true disciples, they will not be interested. Is is that part of the problem? Do you think young people today are a little more leery than maybe we were about the fact that they're being sold a bill of goods? Uh, I
1: do believe so,
0: yes. And
1: I, I think that, you know, we kind of joke sometimes in our world that when I was a kid, the church opened up her doors you know, say after mass on Sunday night, and provided some pizza, and kids flocked in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nowadays, sometimes I think we open up our doors, and I think young people leave. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that that's a a, a big a big challenge mm-hmm. for the church these days. Right. And um, there's no doubt about it.
0: Right now, you we talked a little bit about accompaniment, and that kind of ties into the title uh, you have here. Jesus Himself drew near from the story about the disciples and the road to Emmaus. Explain why that's so important to you.
1: Well, I feel like for most of us, uh, drawing close to Christ in and through the church is, uh, it's a challenge. I, I don't think it's always easy. And because it's not easy, I think we tend to perceive it as something that we kind of are on our knees scratching and clawing our way up a steep hill to Mm -hmm. get to Christ. And we see it as something where we have to do all of the work when in fact, I think the most profound reality about our journey with Christ Mm -hmm. is that he's coming after us. Mm -hmm. He is pursuing us doggedly like the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so this example of the disciples on the road to Emmaus is a perfect example of that reality, where they were down, they were dejected, they were leaving, they were very possibly giving up on this new, you know, Christian life. Mm -hmm. And Jesus himself drew near, engaged them, journeyed with them, asked them, what are you talking about? What are you discussing along the way? Then slowly revealed to them Mm-hmm. the fullness of the mystery of Christ and then the eucharist happened. right and so right. i think the eucharist is another perfect example of how christ is constantly coming to us in the simplest and humblest ways and so often we're is that we're why it's so
0: is that why it's so important for people to be, have a better understanding of the real presence and especially the church's focus on that now
1: a- absolutely right yeah okay. i mean the, the, Christ is, is, is truly present there coming after us right. in a sense. Now, he's, right. he's there in church. He's there in the tabernacle. But it's all a part of his desire to, to, uh, to come down to this earth right. and be present to us and welcoming to us. Um, and so that, that real presence has been critical in my own life.
0: You say, Jesus was born in a stable, not a modern hospital. He grew up in a tiny town of Nazareth, not Washington, D.C. He was the son of a carpenter, not a prime minister. God himself chose the way of humility and simplicity. And you say, this is something that young people need to ponder in prayer today. Why?
1: Uh, You know, I think that they are very caught up in this world that is governed by uh, their phone and Instagram and Twitter and everything else where everything's coming at them in a very flashy way. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the whole world's trying to get at them with big pictures and promises of pleasure and money. And, um, you know, that is really not the way of Christ. And His way was much humbler and much simpler. And so we need to, you know, that's one aspect of the faith that we need to try to bring before young people.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you made an interesting point here, I thought. It said Mary and Joseph learned a lesson from their 12-year-old son that day, and you're talking about obviously the finding in the temple. God has a history and a pattern of calling young people to heroic deeds and beautiful heights of faith.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's very true, and it, Jesus is certainly an example of that, but mm-hmm. so is the Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, she made the arguably the, the most important decision that a pure human being has made in the history of the world, you know, somewhere around the age of 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. St. John the Apostle was presumably rather young when mm-hmm. Jesus called him. Uh, King David you know, the prophet uh, Jeremiah, I mean, th- the Bible is full of examples of God calling young people, young people. to mm. do extremely important things. And that would be something that I considered to be a problem in our world today. I think a lot of adults are giving up on young people. Right. They, they're afraid to invite them to the fullness of the gospel way of life. Now, mm. I believe that's a process. And I think we have to INVITE THEM GRADUALLY TO GET THERE, BUT WE'VE GOT TO EXTEND THAT OFFER TO THEM. Right. And, AND I THINK THEY'RE CAPABLE OF GREAT ACTS OF HOLINESS AND DEEP FAITH IN JESUS CHRIST.
0: YOU SAY OUR WESTERN CULTURE TODAY IS LOSING ITS DIRECT CONNECTION WITH OUR CHRISTIAN ROOTS AND MORALS. THIS HAS LED TO A GROWING NUMBER OF ADULTS TO GIVE UP ON YOUNG PEOPLE, AS YOU WERE JUST SAYING. AND then YOU SAID, MANY ADULTS HAVE GIVEN UP THE BATTLE AND ARE SADLY LETTING THE MODERN CULTURE form the consciences of their children, and this is a great tragedy.
1: Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that parents are you know, letting the schools do that work these days, and if our kids are in public schools, uh, I think way too often the values that they are receiving in those public schools mm-hmm. is, is nowhere near our gospel values and oftentimes like, totally against them.
0: Right, parents have to take up, and quite evident today, as up. we know, especially for what we saw in Virginia, even last year or so. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. exactly. Now, John Bosco is very important to you and your work and your ministry. He's one of the three you talk about. You say you have a quote here from him. We must have as our primary aim the care of youth, and any occupation that distracts us from this is not good. And that's especially important, not only for people working in youth ministry, but parents themselves, to see that as their number one priority, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, St. John Bosco was a little bit unique uh, in a certain sense in that he was building a community that was working with kids for the most part Mm -hmm. 24 hours a day. I mean. The main thrust of his work were those oratories, mm-hmm. where uh, they were they were dwelling with these kids 24 hours a day, and so uh, I think that's behind that quote. Right. But I think that we uh, who are committed to serving young people today need to be that much more dedicated to uh, uh, being present right. to and being an example all the time to kids right. and. Go ahead.
0: No, and you say the sin of pride is the heart of every sin because, you know, it's the first sin. But then you go on to say Jesus teaches us subtly that one effective way to combat pride and to learn humility is to receive and welcome young people in his name. How does that work?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that this is true in various elements of his ministry, but in particular, that one moment where the disciples... Uh, just heard Jesus tell them that he was gonna be going up to Jerusalem to lay down his life for them. They go on a journey, they get there, Jesus asked them, what were you talking about? They fall quiet because they had been talking about which of them was the greatest. Mm-hmm. And um, how sad that the disciples did that. And I often have said that if that was me, I would have blasted those 12, gotten rid of them, and gotten a new set of 12, right? to have that conversation right after Jesus said, I'm gonna die for you. And so what Jesus did was say, if you wanna be great in my kingdom, you need to be willing to be a servant. You need to be a slave. And that's when he took a child and put him in their midst and said, whoever you know, wants to be a servant, mm-hmm. whenever you welcome a child like this in my name, you welcome me. Right. And so Jesus used youth ministry as one example of a way in which we can be growing in humility and to be learn to be a servant because serving young people is not easy.
0: Well, you say that service to young people in church can be very disheartening at times.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we've all spent time with kids, whether they're our own kids or whether they're kids in a ministry or relatives where we pour out our hearts and we give ourselves and we do the best we can to be an example. And we share with them the good news and they go astray. It's, uh, it happens, and it's not easy.
0: It's right. Amazing. And, and you, one of the areas you talk about here, I thought, was particularly important, not only for people working, but from dealing with young people, it's perseverance. You said, I love being a Catholic Christian even more than I love sports. I have also come to know that growing in my love for God and my love for my neighbor demands perseverance and consistency in my prayer life.
1: Well, that I think is uh, perhaps one of the more significant elements of the book is the invitation to be consistent with things that are critical to our Catholic spirituality and and walk with Christ. And, um, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of time as an athlete uh, growing up and I think the difference between uh, you know an okay athlete and a really good athlete is perseverance and it's consistency. Uh, at, at the task, at practice, in games, mm-hmm. and it's the same is true for us as Catholic Christians. I, we need to be consistent with our prayer time in order for it to, to go deep, and, and in order to allow God to have the time and the grace to transform our lives.
0: Right, Another another buzzword. Discipline uh, is critical, you say. Jesus expects our faith not only to be strong, but to impact the world and to bear fruit. Discipline is not a very popular word these days. It is not.
1: So let's make it popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got to be disciplined with our prayer and with our efforts to surrender our lives over to Christ and and root sin out of our lives and uh, live more fully according to the Beatitudes and uh, to the virtues.
0: Well, you say here, I remain convinced that Jesus is inviting all of us who are committed to being apostles to young to build a routine of prayer that includes these elements, the Angelus or another morning offering, grace at meals, 20 minutes of prayer that includes meditation upon the scriptures, daily mass as often as possible, and a daily examine before going to sleep. you got Ignatius in there, too, obviously. Of course. Uh, But so you really need that so that you have what? The fortitude to keep going?
1: Uh, of course, but I think even more principally, just so that we know and love Christ with all of our being. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we want to help young people come to know and love Christ, we have to know and love him deeply ourselves first. And that's really the, the main point of the whole book
0: right and 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 as you mentioned bef- before that that whole idea of perseverance and and the discipline and the fact that young people especially today are looking not only can they spot a fake but they're looking for it
1: That that's a very good point well. I, I think they're looking for excuses not to do things that somewhere in the back of their mind they know that they need to do and uh and so when we provide bad mm-hmm. example that's the excuse that they need.
0: Right. Now, you, you talk about it. You recall an Emmaus moment of prayer in your own life when I was a priest serving as a chaplain at the University of Mary, Washington. What was that?
1: Um, I was uh, praying my holy hour. I was all by myself in a church, and um, I was getting a little bit tired, so I decided to step outside of the church and walk around it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then at one point I uh, ended up uh, sitting down on the ground against the, the, the door of the church, the side door of the church. And I had a moment where I felt like I was leaning up against Christ like St. John did at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And I just had this very profound moment of uh, intimacy and closeness and encouragement in Christ's arms at the Last Supper.
0: Right, and then you connect as well about Jesus giving his mother. I thought this was an interesting way you said it. It's well known that people tend to make very important gifts to loved ones when they approach the end of their lives. The same is true with our Lord, obviously. It's an interesting way of thinking about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, John and Mary, I think, are really important examples for us in the scriptures on many, many many levels uh, and the fact that christ entrusted john to mary and Mary to john uh, is is super important for us uh, and we need to right. ponder that relationship and model that relationship in our own lives
0: you also talk about the fact that we need a clear understanding of our purpose do you think a lot of young people that's where they're they're confused what what, what is life all about what am what what is my goal what should i be doing What does it mean
1: unquestionably and i think that that's one of the great blessings of uh, ignatian spirituality and you know ignatius when he put together the spiritual exercises uh began the whole thing really before he even officially began the retreat the first week of his retreat he started with the principle and foundation in which he states very very clearly and simply that we were you know created to uh to know and love and praise and honor christ uh, in this life so as to uh, save our souls and get to heaven and if we don't function with that very fundamental Mm -hmm. understanding of our very existence on this earth we're going to wander far from the road
0: well let me ask you you've been going at this for over 30 years now what what do you think is the biggest change you've seen in how you have to deal and encounter young people?
1: I think the relational element of ministry is more important than ever. Again, as I said before, I think that, you know, when I was younger, people, young people came to church more regularly, either because they were interested or because their families were more committed to getting them there. And I think that right now, our baseline is not there anymore and so i think we have to more actively go out and engage young people build relationships with them like christ did with his apostles and then invite them to draw closer to christ
0: now let me ask you in putting this book together uh has this been something you've been planning on for a number of years and how long did it take you to write it
1: uh it was not something that I planned. I, I served as the General Director for Youth Apostles for 12 years, mm-hmm. and at the end of that time, uh, I went on a, uh, a sabbatical to Rome. And I had a ver- variety of options for that sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of the norm is to take some classes and to, uh, you know, to study, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't feel inclined to that because I do so much reading and studying as it is. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll write a book. Uh, and so I actually got to Rome with a full outline and with the introduction written. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, I hit the ground running and I really wrote that book pretty much within three months because I was there for mm-hmm. three months. There Obviously, there were a fair amount of edits when I got home, but <laughs> I I wrote the meat and potatoes of that book in the three months that I was there.
0: Very good. Well, we appreciate you joining us here on Bookmark. Thank you so yes. much, Father Jacques, Jack Peterson, who is the author of Jesus Himself Drew Near, A Spirituality for Shaping the Lives of Young People, available through our EWTN religious catalog, EWTNRC.com, All Things Catholic. This has been EW10's Bookmark. Thank you for joining us.